No matter if points are gained or points are lost, there will be much to discuss. For analysis regarding tonight's Winnipeg Jets game, here are Dave Manouk, Ezra Ginsberg, and your host, Drew Mandel. The Illegal Curve post-game show starts now. We were just discussing off-air what is what has been longer since the Jets gave up more than three goals or since the last time the three of us were together to do a post-game show. The answer is the Jets. They haven't given up more than three goals in a game since November the 2nd, which I don't need to be a math genius to figure out was precisely two months ago. But we last did a show together December 16th. So we were gaining ground on the Jets. But nonetheless, the Jets didn't give up more than three goals tonight. They only gave up two. And it's great to be back here. The three of us all together listening to me to be able to say, Good evening, Winnipeg. Good evening, Manitoba. And for all of us joining us live on our YouTube channel and all of our social media platforms, we say good evening, universe, and welcome to the Illegal Curve post-game show. Along with Dave Manouk, along with Ezra Ginsberg, I'm your host. Happy New Year, everybody. We say Happy New Year, one and all. Happy New Year, Mr. Manouk. Happy New Year, Mr. Ginsberg. Nice to see, I think I should say, Ola to Mr. Ginsburg as he's finally made his way back from the Buenos, Buenos Nachos group. Nachos. What's that? <laughs> Buenos Nachos. Buenos Nachos is what I think I you had more. I think you had more than your share of nachos and margaritas and and, and everything else while you were uh, on vacation. But uh, I had a lot had a of French time. fries. French fries every single day. Uh, I was pretty good at lunch. Like I had eggs and I had my uh, honeydew. I'm a big honeydew guy now, apparently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, French fries, hamburgers, love that Mexican food. I mean, that, how can that, you not like just, Mexican food? Exactly. You know, the Mexicans are known for their their hamburgers and their French fries. Uh, so I'm glad that you enjoyed yourself nonetheless. And happy not too New much Year. tequila, though, Drew. Really? Happy New Year to you as well. I only had one tequila shot. As you know, tequila is the national drink there. Uh, not a lot of tequila, not a lot of beer either. I mean, I guess I'm, you know, this is 41, boys, <laughs> and I have two kids now, so I don't drink as much. Don't get me wrong. I had a few uh, few adult cocktails. Dave M knows I like to kick a few back when I'm on on vacation. He's been on vacation with me many times. I guess if you want to consider doing great time in Kentucky, Dave had a good time in Hawaii. It's uh, it's important to take a little bit of a step back. But I mean, I got to admit, I I wanted to get back and be part of all of these Jets victories. <laughs> like I only watched the highlights. I wasn't watching the games live, obviously. Um, but that that Jets Wild series, boys. I know we're going to talk about the Jets Lightning tonight. Big victory here, but uh, man, right? If Ryan Hartman didn't already have a target on his back, <laughs> oh god, we'll get to uh, that. Not, not a fan favorite right now. No, well, and we'll get to that uh, after the break when we talk about that fine and the comments from Cole Perfetti earlier today. You know, tonight, of course, we're here to talk about the Jets. Look, it, it's just lather, rinse, repeat at this point in time. It's just, it, 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 you know, you you begin to run out of superlatives, you begin to run out of adjectives to describe the performance of the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, yet again tonight against the Tampa Bay Lightning team that was playing with a very bizarre 13 forward. Never five seen that before. Defenseman. No, you haven't seen that before. You've they seen almost went 12 5. Yeah, they almost have to go 12 5. You're right until uh, Connor Sheary was a game time decision. Uh, you know, and by the know, way, how many people forgot Connor Sheary was on the Lightning? Be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Lots, I think. I mean, I don't think that he's uh, you know carrying a significant role uh, on that team so far this year. But they have to go with uh, 13 forwards and five defensemen. And look, 
five defensemen is it's one thing if five defensemen happen, you know, because of an injury, but to have to start the game because of salary cap troubles that you have to go with five defensemen, that is a, an uphill climb uh, for the Tampa Bay lightning and, you know, credit to them. Cause I thought they were the better of the two teams, uh, you know, early in the game and probably for the first 20 minutes, but the jets are just so unflappable. Maybe that's one adjective I haven't used yet. Good word in recent time. Yeah, they're unflappable. They just mm-hmm. don't care what their opponent is doing. They stay within their system and they stay within their game. And they know that eventually they're going to get rewarded. And how, so how about this? Another... How are the Jets playing better without Kyle Connor? Like, and I mean, the obvious reason is that they have so many other great players and such great forward depth this season that they can make up for the loss of a Kyle Connor, right? Mm-hmm. But it's it's truly incredible what they're doing, right? With without one of the best goal scorers in the NHL, I just wanted to say that it's almost like you forget that Kyle Connor's injured. That could have that could could have been a big narrative here, guys. Mm-hmm. If the Jets were losing games, you would say, okay, well, you know, they're out without Kyle Connor. He's their biggest offensive weapon. Right. But you've got Mark Scheifele and Cole Perfetti, Gabe Velarde, Axel the Sniper, Janssen Fialbi. <laughs> like, there's so many guys that are picking up the slack, right? Neil Pionk looked like a forward out there tonight, right? With that beautiful tip goal. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you, you, you kind of run out of, I like we said this before the break, or I said this before the break, you, you got to just start calling the Jets a really good team. Whether you want to call them elite or a Stanley Cup contender or the best team or the second best team, third best team, whatever, they're just a really, really good team at this point. They've They've earned that, that you shouldn't be surprised that they keep winning these games. No, yeah, and, and the numbers bear them out, Dave. Uh, with the victory tonight, so the Jets obviously are perfect in 2024 so far, so that's a mm-hmm. good sign. Uh, mm-hmm. points... So is Czechia, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, points in nine straight games, which is a franchise record for the team now, uh, having got the, the victory tonight. Uh, they're now 11-1-2 and two in their last 14. They've give... It's now 26 straight games, mm-hmm. having given up three goals or less. I mean, 26 straight is is an incredible number i don't care you know if you're the 1975 montreal canadians that's an incredible number to have gone without giving up more than three goals Uh, you know it they are they're so aesthetically pleasing to watch it's like watching it's watching a well-oiled machine or an Mm -hmm. assembly line that is working perfectly well and in sync with each other that's how the jets like watching the joy of painting drew yeah sure whatever you want to call it that's just how good they've been dave no, I mean, I think there's no question about it. And good evening to both of you and a happy new year. I mean, you guys weren't there. We're for the end of season. As he and I did last year, we had a little fun with that Oilers broadcast yeah. as he brought on his fancy glasses. But um not sure if I Spencey mean, was in the hot tub, but I, 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 unfortunately, I wasn't able early. to do the show. But there could have been early, another hot tub in Sage Creek, Dave. But it, it, was a, it was an afternoon game. It wasn't a late at night game. You know what? The, the problem difference. for me was that Dave M. had to run to uh, Canada Life. So, unfortunately, that Moose game was well underway by the time I finished uh, my responsibilities on this show. But, of course, I wasn't going to ru- hustle out because, of course, the fans and the folks wanted to talk about the Winnipeg Jets and that Minnesota Wild, which I suspect we'll be spending a lot of time on. This got a lot of coverage on IllegalCurve.com today, uh, your source for all the latest Coming out of Canada life, we had everything on our YouTube channel and, of course, on the website. Um, But to get to this team specifically and what they've been able to do, and I mentioned this the other day, I mean, this is the second best team right now in terms of goals against. And the one thing about Tampa that I thought was, like, shocking when I was kind of doing my game preview was Tampa scores a lot. They had 125 goals. 
They also give up the fifth most goals in the NHL. They have, and obviously, I know they didn't have Vasilevsky for a while earlier in the season. They've given up 131 goals. The Jets have given up coming into tonight's game 88. 88 goals. And again, why is that remarkable? Well, it's remarkable because it's Vasilevsky's number. Well, <laughs> that is a good point. But no, why it's remarkable is because if you look at the Central at the time when it was 86, I think, the Jets had given up 86. Coyotes had given up 99, and every other team in the Central, Dallas, uh, Colorado, Nashville, 106 and greater. So the Jets had a 20-goal better goals against differential than all of their opponents within the Central. And again, they're the I think they're only second to L.A., and Boston's in there too. And again, I don't know how tonight's score yeah, skews those numbers, but this is a team that doesn't allow goals against. And they have enough offense, and we've talked about it. We talked about it on Sunday when Connor was 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 um, filling in for you boys. Yeah. But the fact of the matter he, is, he wasn't just filling in; he was taking our jobs, is my understanding. Yeah, was very Connor, Connor was much better than either Drew or I. So, yeah. if if well, I were you, yeah, I would just let us go and just bring in Connor <laughs> full time. No, obviously, oh, I forgot to tell you guys. Good on Connor for and filling in. <laughs> um, yeah. No, but I mean, like the the fact is that that the one thing that this Jets team has lacked, we've talked about it, is up and down scoring. And and now you've got everybody contributing. And it's not just the top. And the top line, even though Ehlers scored, but he scored on a line with Nemestikov. Yeah. The fact of the matter is you're getting that production from guys like, you know, Vlad Nemestikov, Dominic Toninato's chipping in, actually Anson Fielbe, Morgan Barron, all of these guys, your role players. And, you know, it was an interesting conversation with Rick Bonus. Got overshadowed a little bit because of the focus on Cole Perfetti this morning. But it was an interesting conversation because Sean Reynolds of Sportsnet a.k.a. Kenny and Rennie, yeah. was talking to, asked him the he, question. He's said, just Rennie for the record. Yes, I, I would imagine <laughs> that he wouldn't be Kenny. But uh, but the fact of the matter is that he asked Rick Bonus about removing a guy from the lineup. He says, what do you do when nobody has done anything to to deserve to be pulled out? Now, the truth of the matter is, based on the, the updates that Rick Bonus provided, I don't suspect anybody's going to be ready. David Gustafson not skating. Uh, Rasmus Kupari and Vili Hainola were both in regular jerseys today, not non-contact, but that's because it was a morning skate. He said, had there been any contact, Vili Hainola would have been in a uh, non-contact jersey. But the problem for Rasmus Kupari is that they can't get any battle drills in because, again, tomorrow I think is an optional. Then they're morning skates, so he won't have that opportunity. I think the next practice, Rick Bonus said, is not till January 10th. So the reality for, for Rasmus Kupari is, even though he may be ready to go, as he. He's not ready to go because he hasn't had those battle drills. So yeah, my but point, I mean, let's be honest. If the team desperately needed him, he'd be in the lineup even sure, without those no, battle drills. Uh, of course, of course. But I mean, I think that's just Rick Bonus's way of saying we're not going to yeah. rush him in, and we've got why? everything's. Why would you? Everything's why would working. You? I think what's most noteworthy Dave just mentioned is one practice in eight days. Yeah, like obviously the Jets have a very condensed schedule coming up, right? Yeah. With the the three road games in four days, and then after like. There's well, just the not a lot of breaks in the schedule. Yeah, exactly. It's just yeah. that's just not good for for everybody, let alone uh, Rasmus Kupari or the injured players, right, Dave? I mean, you right. know the coaches don't like that, but they're just he he lit, bonus literally said like we just don't have time to to practice, yeah. right? Well, but you know, at this point in time, again, it's all it's all gravy for the Jets. I mean, well, you know, I'm sure I, you might I guess you could argue the Jets don't need a lot of practice right well, now. You might want a little more time games. on the special teams. Yeah. Special That's teams. the only thing, boys, right now that is not clicking, uh, you know, the way you would like. And I, I thought, you know, there were there were chances tonight yeah. for sure. I mean, the Jets didn't have a ton of power plays, but that's really the only thing that you could point to. Aside from that, everything else 
is elite. We've talked about it, right? Like, you know, this is 20 plus games now. The Jets haven't allowed, have allowed three or less goals, right? Hellebuck, third star of the month. Uh, and, you know, a, a, a phantom call, Steven Stamko scores in the power play, and the Jets just fought through that adversity. And, and as Drew mentioned, regardless of what happens, you know, early on in games, the Jets just seem to fight through it. And, you know, this this was not uh, a Picasso by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, the, you know, the Lightning battled hard right till the end, right? They, they made it a two-goal game, obviously. You know, nobody thought the Lightning were going to tie that game up in the third period, but uh, for the most part, you know, the Jets took advantage of the fact that the the Lightning were down to five defensemen, and, well, the, you know, they got contributions. Again, you got a goal from Neil Pionk, you got a couple goals from the second line, you got a goal uh, with the fourth line out there, Morgan Barron, I guess, if you want to call that a fourth line goal, the empty net goal. Uh, so just really impressive overall, top to bottom, great team effort. Well, you know, the, the play that stood out to me the most wasn't one that ended up, you know, uh, as a goal or anything, but Cole Perfetti, you know, schooled Victor Hedman yeah. on that on that net yeah. drive in the third yep. period. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, and, that looked and, you know, like what Nikita Kucherov that that was a Kucherov type of play using yeah. his body positioning. That's right. I, I, I mean, and, and Cole Perfet, and Cole, I mean, you know, Victor Hedman is still, you know, Norris quality defenseman for the most part. You don't see him get put on a highlight reel like that very often, and it didn't end up in a goal. Uh, but, you know, that just tells you how much confidence this team is is playing with and how, you know, Jay's comment that's on the screen right now, the Jets know how to grind these games out. They're just so there's no fun in playing against this Winnipeg Jets team. I mean, Elliot and Jeff, Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick were talking about it on the 32 Thoughts podcast that really Minnesota, all Minnesota's interested in doing is bullying their opponents. That's how they're successful is by bullying their opponents. Mm-hmm. And the Jets were the bully against the Wild. They didn't get bullied. They were the bully. And as Elliot and Jeff uh, both said, and you can find it on illegalcurve.com, is that you know more and more people around the league took notice. The Jets are are are, are people are aware about the Jets and their success, but now they're becoming more aware of how you know the Jets are, are just bullying the opponent, and they're and they're so difficult to play against that nobody wants to play against the Jets because it's no fun, and they wilt, and that's what happened over 60 minutes in tonight's game. No disrespect to the Tampa Bay Lightning, but when you're only playing with five defensemen and you're trying to play against this Winnipeg Jets team, you're going to wilt over the course of the 60 minutes, and that's what the Jets did to them. They just sort of ground them into submission before they were able to get, you know, the couple goals to and the insurance marker to eventually walk away with the 4-2 victory. That's just how the Jets are right now. That's their MO. That's their style of play. That's why they're not any fun to play against because they are just going to be tougher and harder at least for the last, you know, three months, basically two mm-hmm. months, than than their opponent, and that's the you know the the feather in the Jets' cap uh, as they play these games night in night out. Yeah, Let's get and, into. Sorry, go ahead, Ezzy. No, we'll I, I mean just game. to add something to what you were saying. We we had a comment up there right before. I mean, you're just seeing a connected team, a team that is all buying in to their system, right? And you know the. It doesn't matter who you're playing. I mean, obviously, you know, the Jets recently lost to Chicago. They've lost some games like they lost to the Sharks. They're not perfect. It's not like right. they're 36 mm-hmm. and 0, um, but they were close to perfect in December. And what is it? Nine straight games now with a point. Yeah. And, you know, you're you're seeing excellent goaltending, but also 
a team defense in front of Connor Hellebuck that doesn't rely on Connor Hellebuck to steal games. Yes, he was great. One of the saves that stood out to me, boys, uh, Brandon Hagel had a good scoring chance point blank off of a turnover. I forget if it was Neil Pionk, Dave, that turned the puck over, but Hagel... Yeah, he, who, it was Pionk who had the, the free yeah, pizza. I thought it was Pionk who obviously, you know, redeemed it because <laughs> redeemed himself because he scored right after. But Hellebuck made a nice glove save on Brandon Hagel. I made a note of it. And it, did, it wasn't a flashy save. It was just Hellebuck made it look easy. But mm-hmm. the point is he makes those saves look easy because of his positioning and his tracking the puck and everything like that. So, you know, it was it was an impressive effort, and they fought through. As Drew, I, I agree with you, Drew. The Lightning were the better team in the first period. If you remember, uh, yeah. Shifley had that really good scoring chance where Vasilevsky made a nice save. But they, what did they have? Seven shots on net. But it wasn't, I mean, look, it, the shots are always misleading, right? Uh, or can be misleading, I should say. So, um, you know, they deserved this game. This was not a game, you know, in which Hellebuck, you would say, stole it or, you know, the Jets got lucky. If anything, the Lightning got lucky because they shouldn't have really had that power play. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's I, I said this to Dave, and I'm confident in saying this now after game 35 or game 36. This is the best I've seen the Winnipeg Jets 2.0 play since the 2017-18 season. I, I, yeah. I, I feel confident saying that. It's not sarcasm. This is the best... So, so I guess if you want to take it a step further, this is the best Jets team 2.0 that we've seen in the last five or six years. And, and there's still half of a season left, so we're not going to play the, you know, plan the parade route as, as Dave often says. But, uh, you know, this, this Jets team, this is, a, this is for real. This, this is a, a really good mm-hmm. team. And, yeah, could there be, you know, some losing streaks in the second half of the season? Yes, but I wouldn't expect it. I, I, there's no reason to believe that the, that this isn't what you see that the, that there's that they're being propped up by something that's not sustainable there's nothing artificial there's nothing artificial the goaltending isn't you know they're not winning it based on the backs of goaltending the pdo isn't 145 or anything mm-hmm. like that like the vancouver canucks is or anything like that the jets yeah. are just a a damn solid team and very well could be the top team in the western conference at the end of the night depending what happens with the uh, vancouver canucks and the and the colorado avalanche and you know w- when you talk about the elite teams in this league, you do need to mention the Jets within that breath. And that's just the although, reality of, of where things are after 36 games this year. Although I was going to say, I'm sure Jets fans appreciate flying under the radar. They don't want anyone mm-hmm. talking. They they hate it when the national media starts paying attention to the Jets. So I suspect they'll be happy with the, 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 the usual attention that the national media doesn't give the organization, which is very minimal. Well, they're going to go on the road. You know, they're going to go to Anaheim and San Jose yeah. and Arizona. No Why are they playing in California again, Drew? What's up with that? They've already well, played games in California this year. This will be, I would assume, the last West yeah, Coast this road Yeah, the trip. year they're going twice that way. Yeah, so this will yeah. be the last one. It'll be uh, for a very early, a very uh, late Friday night and a very early Saturday morning, uh, where post game is going to be at like you know twelve fifteen in the morning yeah, Saturday I morning. For, I said it for twelve fifteen. The only good news is it's my mom's birthday that day, so I get to wish her happy birthday twice, both on the post game show and on the Saturday show. <laughs> there you go. Something to look forward to, but that'll make certainly for a, a very early, uh, a very late night for the post game show and a very early Saturday morning for the illegal curve hockey show. That, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. Why don't we get into tonight's sure. game recap, courtesy of our friends at Betway. The Betway game recap. 
Big thanks to our friends at Betway for their continued support of the Illegal Curve postgame show. As you can see, as he is modeling the Betway sweatshirt, which I'm sure is just going to drive an immense amount of traffic to their website. If you're looking for a place to make a legal sports wager, perhaps our friends at Betway should be your destination. With a large selection of betting options and sports, as well as strong promotions and fair odds, what are you waiting for? Head on over to Betway and bet your way please play responsibly we mentioned the lightning were the better of the two teams in the first period and they got rewarded on the scoreboard as well to that effect it was a power play goal that shouldn't have been it should not have in fact been a power play uh steven stamkos getting his 16th of the season assist to both Victor Hedman and Nikita Kucherov. And it's sort of funny, our buddy uh, Mike McIntyre made an interesting point that it's the Jets should have hoped yeah. that it was a four-minute <laughs> minor, that it was a double minor, because then they would have been able to review the penalty call and wiped it off the board because it actually wasn't a penalty on the Jets. It was friendly fire that caused uh, the Lightning player to get high-sticked. And uh, nonetheless, the Jets end up uh, on the PK and the special teams uh, hurts them a little bit here as Tampa gets the early goal, as he. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's yeah, uh, it's a good, funny uh, point by Mike. And, and, you know, what stands out in this goal, aside from the fact that Steven Stamkos has scored thirteen hundred goals exactly like this, <laughs> uh, is that, you know, Hedman goes to Stamkos uh, and he misses the net right before that comes back to Kucherov. Kucherov goes to Hedman. And then, you you know, that. You know, if Hedman doesn't go to Stamkos, he's going to be go back to Kucherov. And that's the thing that has been discussed for years now. And what, what are we talking about, boys? Five, six, seven years? I mean, a long time. Uh, just the, the lightning and their weaponry on the power play, right? So obviously, Steven Stamkos, right shot on the left side. Uh, you know, we've seen that so many times. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that was just a bad call. And I, I'm not sure... You know, how, if you guys saw the call in the Sweden-Switzerland quarterfinal game or how many people watching the postgame show saw it, you know, the spear that Mike Johnson, TSN analyst, um, you know, was was pretty apoplectic about that that shouldn't have been a penalty. But followed by, you know, some pretty poor officiating in the World Juniors this afternoon, uh, you know, that, that call just can't be made. And I understand where the ref was positioned. Um, talking about the Adam Lowry high stick now, obviously, but right. I mean, yeah. look, the Jets. Let, let, hang on, let, let me let me make this our shot of the game, courtesy of our friends at Seagrams. Hang on a second. The Seagrams shot of the game. There you go. Usually the Seagram shot of the game is a shot on goal. Instead, we'll make it a photograph of the game. It's going to be the camera shot. As you can see here, Adam Lowry. Oh, uh, credit where... credit our photographer here, Drew. Yes, of course. Colby Spence. Uh... No, Alexander nope. James. Oh, it was Alex James today. Sorry, I yes. didn't know which which one of our great photographers. Come on, uh, were, Drew. We're shooting the game. You, you, Dave, you gotta you gotta team me up for these things. Sorry, well, yeah, I, I gotta team you up. I didn't even know you were doing this. I know it's fair enough. I probably should have said something to you. Uh, <laughs> Alexander James is our photographer on site in downtown Winnipeg tonight, and he captures this shot that you can see on your screen. Uh, Adam Lowry is over here where my cursor is. As you can see, his stick is not all the way up over here unless he is both double jointed and has the Tyler Myers uh esque length of a stick instead it is friendly fire uh by the uh 
by the Tampa Bay Lightning uh, player here catching his own teammate. So this is Philip Myers uh, catching his own teammate, yet the Jets get penalized for it. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, here is the photographic evidence that this should not have been a penalty. It is also our Seagram shot of the game. Big thanks to our friends at Seagram's for their continued support of Illegal Curve Hockey and the Illegal Curve postgame show, whether it be with an actual shot on goal or a photograph of a great camera shot, Seagram's is a big supporter of our show, and we thank them for that support. Uh, great, great camera shot here by by Alexander James. I thought this was terrific. Great, great shot, and just uh, a horrible phantom call. But again, I mean, the Jets end up winning the game. We got to talk about it still, though, boys. I mean, it could have had a negative impact on the the outcome of the game, um, but. Uh, I, I don't know what else you can say. I mean, the refs blew it there, Dave. There's not much else yeah. you can say to it, right? Like, again, you know, the Jets win. We're a Jets postgame show, so we're happy that the Jets win. We're not going to spend too much more time on it. Uh, also, 500-plus people. Let's smash that like button. 500. These are good numbers, boys, for the first show of 2024. I love it. Attendance is growing both in downtown Winnipeg and here on the Illegal Curve postgame well, show. And I'm reliably informed... Yeah. And you guys can all, and girls can all listen to this after, of course, you're done on the YouTube channel of Illegal Curve, that apparently Rick Bonus dropped a Seinfeld reference during his post-game media availability on Winnipeg, our friend Winnipeg Murat, saying something about um, something about his hair and a barber and stuff like that. So kudos to Rick Bonus for, for a little, uh, little uh, Seinfeldian uh, comedy in the post-game availabilities. Uh, there There's nothing go. worse than when you throw out a Seinfeld reference and the person's not familiar with the reference. Can we yeah. agree on that? I, I mean, obviously, the three of us, a lot of people. But, uh, yeah, it's good to see that Bones is, uh, is, is into the Seinfeld reference. Also, congrats to Ryan Bonus, named associate yeah. GM of the Senators yesterday. Yeah, that's exactly right. So kudos to him. So a good day for the bonus family, no question about that. Uh, as Rick and his uh, Winnipeg Jets team continues to uh, continue to shine, and then of course the Sun getting the uh, the promotion in Ottawa. So that's great all around there. Uh, so Tampa Bay, as we mentioned, they get the early benefit from the phantom call, and they take advantage of it. Uh, like you've said, as a Steven Stamkos has been taking that slap shot and scoring that goal for many a moon now, and it's one nothing for Tampa Bay after 20 minutes. Uh, but to the Jets' credit, like we talked about, they, they're they just not phased by any of this. They just continue to play their style. They don't uh, you know, deviate from what has succeeded for them. They don't start chasing the game. And then at the 444 mark of the second period, that uh, player number four, Neil Pionk, gets his third of the season. Could have been his fourth. Great- it should have been his fourth, yes, unfortunately, yeah, but for you know, numerology. numerology purposes, uh, it wasn't. We do have to be accurate, uh, at least sometimes here on this show. Uh, <laughs> Neil Pionk gets his third of the year, assist to Brendan Dillon and Morgan Barron. It was Barron's fourth assist of the year there, Dave, so you got you got that going for you. And it was the fourth and- line it was on. There you go, and it's the fourth line that's on exactly right. Uh, another impressive performance by that fourth line for the Jets, by the way. They were all over mm-hmm. the place and had number of scoring chances up and down the line. Uh, but uh, this is just a great uh, play by Pionk to go to the uh, slot, to go to the high slot, and a great redirection of the Brendan Dillon tremendous slap pass. I mean, again, mm-hmm. this is just textbook hockey, stick on the ice, get to soft, soft ice, and, and, and make things difficult on your opponent, and the Jets get rewarded as, as such to tie it up at one, Dave. Yeah, and, and I think the key, though, was the cycle. 
I mean, yeah. the Jets, like Tampa is just, you've got two Jets who are causing just absolute havoc in front of the net. And then, you know, again, Neil Pionk ends up being, goes to the middle. Morgan Barron covers for him. And it's just a beautiful shot. I mean, it's a heads-up play by Brendan Dillon. Yep. And you could kind of see it materializing while we're perched high above the ice surface there at Canada Life. And, you know, again, like, it's he knows that he's not going to get it through. But Neil Pionk is unmolested in the middle of the ice, completely in some soft space. And it's just a beautiful tip. I mean, and yep. it's just... And, you know, the, for me, the first period was very um, ho-hum. And these Tampa Jets games throughout the years or Tampa Winnipeg games, I guess, if I'm going to go by the cities, they've usually been pretty good, entertaining games with a lot of energy. That first period, I thought, was absent a lot of energy. I didn't think it was a particularly good game. Good that. crowd, actually. I don't know what the final number was. It seemed like it was a good crowd uh, though, tonight. 14, I think about 14-1 is 14-1-5-7. Yeah, yeah, that's what I figured. It'd be yeah. somewhere over the 14 mark. But So it was it was a good crowd, uh, good energy, but uh, the first period didn't have that south-least hate, as he that we saw for the first few years when the Jets... Of course, we're in the Southeast division. Um, and then the second period started to ramp up. And, the, you know, that goal, sure enough, gets the, the crowd up and excited and animated. And uh, I thought Pionk, you know, had, yeah, I think he had like six hits in the game. I mean, he was he was all over the ice, sometimes for good, sometimes for bad, as, as he mentioned, that free pizza earlier. But that's just, a, that's just a heads up play by a by a veteran defenseman to tie the game and bring the crowd into it. Because it's frustrating, you know, when you're watching that game, if you're a Jets fan and you're thinking you're now down one nothing. Now, I think the point, as he made it, you watch this Jets team and you don't ever feel like they're out of it, right? Like this is not the old Jets team of old where they're down a goal or even down two goals and you're like, well, this team can't come back. This team has that ability. So you're not, but at the same time, you're watching and you're thinking you're now down one nothing because of an error. And that's the unfortunate part. And so right. you're now, it's one all, kind of wipes that away, wipes that sl slate clean. And it was a heck of a nice goal by uh, Pionk and a really heads up play, literally, by Brendan Dillon. Yeah, it, it, well said, Dave. And then the Jets, you know, keep it coming. They keep it rolling. They keep the grind on. Uh, and I'm not talking about the dance floor at TYC. Uh, Alex Iafalo. <laughs> His seventh of the year, uh, it comes at the 9-13 mark, so a little less than five minutes later. It's the game. It's not the game-winning goal, pardon me. Uh, I follow his seventh assist from Cole Perfetti and Vlad Nemesnikov. And again, it's a cycle, and it's just the Jets are the, – the, the Lightning can't handle the Jets along the boards. The Jets win board battle after board battle after board battle before the puck comes out into the soft ice in front of the goal. And, you know, this is what you're supposed to do against the Tampa Bay Lightning team that's only playing with five defensemen. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to grind them into dust. You can't let it be easy on them. Uh, you know, they're it's not – you know, it's not your fault that they have salary cap issues and that the NHL's, uh, you know, system allows for a team to play one man short or one defenseman short in this time. And the Jets take advantage of it. And they just are too difficult and too big to handle on the forecheck. And the puck comes out and eventually the rebound gets on the stick of Alex Iafalo and he wires it past. Uh, wires it past uh, Andre Vasilevsky to give the Jets the 2-1 lead just before the halfway mark of the second period, Eze. Yeah, and and we got to give Cole Perfetti, you know, mm -hmm. a ton of credit here just for mm -hmm. driving into the slot, right? And that's something, you know, per Perfetti, even though he's having a breakout year this year, that's been a little bit of the, the criticism. I mean, Kevin Sawyer on the broadcast asked him about, you know, the increased physicality in his game. But, like, that's what he does here, right, Dave? And he draws, I think... Uh, it was Calvin DeHaan, if I'm not mistaken. I thought it was the second pair out there. DeHaan and uh, Radish was the mm -hmm. second pair. And what kind of happens there, and Drew, you know, touched on this, like 
you know, just in the middle of the ice, like the lightning just, you know, they kind of collapsed. And, you know, Alex Iafala, like it, it was just, you know, uh, you know, good on him for obviously being in that position um, to score the goal. But, you know, Perfetti deserves a lot of credit for drawing a few lightning players there. I forget who the the forward was, if it was Michael Essimont or uh, I know that I, I, I'm pretty sure it was Dahan or Radish. You guys can correct me if I'm wrong or the chat can correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, I think Perfetti did some really nice work there. And and obviously the second line, you know, got a, a goal later in the game. Uh, Nick Ehlers. It was the uh, Han and Perbix is, is who Herb, it was. Perbix, there you go. I think yeah. Perbix played something like 26 minutes. I thought he was looked good tonight. I mean, yeah, 26, you know, you 17 for, for, right. for Nick Perbix, a yeah. guy who is certainly not a household name. Right. And and the defensemen that the Lightning are missing guys are top four defensemen. Sure. Mikhail Sergachev and Eric Turnak, those are two-time Stanley Cup champion winning defensemen. So it's not like, you know, the Lightning are just missing a couple of uh, plugs Struff. out there. Right. Yeah. But like Drew said, the Jets are trying to win every single hockey game that's in front of them. So they're not, they're going to take advantage of that. Um, so I, I think, you know, that that's what I wanted to highlight. I just love the fact that Perfetti just, it's not a beautiful assist, but he just forces his way into the slot, draws, draws those lightning players. And then obviously, you know, Aya Fallow with the, uh, the mop-up job, Dave. Well, I mean, I well, highlighted Perfetti's play earlier, the one that came in the third period where he drives on Hedman. But this is another example of him knowing where he has to go, you know, and every Jets player knowing where they have to be, which is in front of the opponent's net. And that's where the good things are going to happen, Dave. And the Jets get rewarded once again for that uh, on the on the second goal to make it 2-1. Well, I mean, I don't want to say that I'm jumping on the bandwagon here, but, you know, they played saxophone squirtle, boys, yeah. just before that goal. Can you, can you explain the origins of saxophone Squirtle to me? Because I'm I, I'm not totally familiar with where it came from. Pokemon. Oh no no. I mean I know what Squirtle is, but why is he all of a sudden you know uh, a fixture at the Jet well, games? So my understanding is that there was a bit of a Twitter conversation that was happening as as I these see. memes sometimes take a life of their own, and uh, I believe I want to say it was I don't remember. Mm, Someone, I don't want to say names because I don't want to be wrong, but someone tweeted it. Uh, someone basically got it going. The Jets picked up on it. They they liked it. They they yeah. brought it in. Quinton Robb, I can uh, tell you that he, who works for the Jets and he does some of their video stuff, he's would have been responsible for that. So he brought it to the uh, to the um, jumbotron and uh, and oh, so there we go, a little TikTok thing. I don't know how I, much ZTM. That's right, I said Z because we're in Canada. That's not Z. Okay, KWB. Um, Kenny's water bottle comes up with the answer. We're not Eurovision. a TikTok. We're not a TikTok demographic. That's true. Am I the only one also that doesn't understand Pokemon at all? Like I, I really do not understand anything about it aside from it's a yellow thing. So sign me up. Someone needs to like. Are your kids into Pokemon yet, Ezzy? No, someone needs coming. Need, someone needs to take me aside. Yeah, and just no, give no. me like talk to me for like five minutes about I don't even like is it a TV show? Yeah, I don't. I have no clue, and I'm I'm admitting I need help. I need help. I Look, don't understand Pokemon. I'll, next time my kids uh, come up to you and say hello slash punch you in the stomach, uh, ask them about Pokemon because they watch it all the time and it's on in my house and I don't full, I don't pay attention to it uh, because you know I don't want a full frontal lobotomy on a regular basis but uh, you know they certainly know what's going on and 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 everything else along those lines and they know each and every 
uh, one of the characters and who's doing what and and all that. So ask my kids when you see them at school next time, and okay. they'll be able to fill or in. Or I could on just be like Dark Moon and not care. Yeah, well, Dark Moon, <laughs> uh, you know, look, uh, you're gonna have to put up with our, our our insane tangents on occasion if you want to watch this post game. Is show. Tamagotchi? Is that Pokemon? No, is that's it a different different? Yeah, see, I just don't know. And that's uh, not a TV show. That's a little character you carried in your hand okay. uh back when we were kids don't get it I, yeah well it's okay You're i guess i need anyways. to spend more time less time on hockey and more time on pokemon drew because it's obviously now in pop culture i know it's popular i yeah. do know that i knew i know it's popular i just yeah i, just, I knew uh, i knew it was something when i posted when i posted it on our instagram and like within seconds we had like hundreds of likes i was like whoa what's going on here <laughs> all <laughs> right yeah. Jumping on the bandwagon. Uh, so the Jets are up two one after uh, after forty minutes, and they're they're you know taking it to Tampa Bay. They're and at the same time when Tampa Bay has zone time, the Jets are doing what they've done so well for so many straight games now, which is keep it to the outside, keep it away from being overwhelmingly dangerous. You know, you know it's one and done largely for the Tampa Bay Lightning, and that's what the Jets' recipe for success is and has been uh, for for a very long time. Uh, and then the Jets get a fortuitous bounce. And this comes at the 15-13 mark of the third period. And the Jets had a number of good opportunities before that to get that insurance marker. The two power plays that they had, uh, there was the power play uh, at the 220 mark of the third period when Kucherov went off for tripping. And then a couple minutes later when Vasilevsky went off for tripping, the Jets on particularly on that Kucherov power play, had some opportunities, had some scoring chances. They weren't able to get anything past Vasilevsky. And you're thinking this is going to come down to uh, a goaltending duel and which goaltender is going to blink first, if any. And unexpectedly, it was Andre Vasilevsky with just a terrible giveaway. Yeah, playing the puck like he's uh, you know handling a hot potato. Looks like Connor Hellebuck there. Well, no, Hellebuck's been better uh, with his. uh, I know, I know. Uh, But he just puts it on the stick of Vlad Nemesnikov. And what I like about Nemesnikov here is there's no panic in 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 him receiving that free pizza. He doesn't just have it on his stick and fire it right back into Vasilevsky or anything like that. He has the wherewithal to survey the situation and see that Nikolai Ehlers is coming as the trailer and he tees up Ehlers and Ehlers makes no mistake and come, you know, and, and gives the Jets what ends up being the game winning goal was the insurance marker at that point of time. Uh, and it's his 12th of the year assist in the Mesnikov. And this, it comes with four minutes and 47 seconds to go in the third period as he, yeah, and you know you're right. The Jets had a lot of pressure, and they were having some scoring chances. And it was Connor Sheary who Vasilevsky was trying to hit with the pass. But you're right. I mean, this is just a mishandled puck. That's all there is to it. And you're right. I, I said that to Dave. We were watching the game here in the third period. Dave was there at Canada Life for the first two periods, as he usually is. And you know, I said to him like Nemesnikov could have easily just spun around and shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. But we know Nemesnikov is a very intelligent player. He's that's a veteran move. Holds onto the puck, and and I forget if if Ehlers was necessarily tapping his stick, but you could see that he wanted it. And Nemesnikov was smart enough to not just turn around and shoot, but to go back and get it to Ehlers, who obviously uh, buried the the goal. And as you mentioned, that gave the Jets the insurance goal because up until that point, uh, you know, it was still a hockey game. Then oh, the Jets go up 3-1, and you kind of knew it was over with the way, uh, you know, the Lightning had been playing in the third period, and, you know, with five defensemen and everything like that down a man. 
So very smart play by Nemesnikov. But for for you know Vasilevsky, one of the best goalies in the league, uh, you know he rarely makes those types of mistakes. But that that was a costly one. That cost. That, I don't know if you want to say it cost them the game, but it definitely didn't give them a chance to come back in that third period. Yeah, there's no guarantee that they were going to come back. But, you know, when it's a 2-1 game and there's five minutes to go and you have guys like Stamkos and Kucherov and Point, then it's not unheard of, certainly by a long shot, for them mm-hmm. to come back and, and get an equalizing goal. Uh, you know, but that one, you know, you could just feel the like the Jets had had done a pretty good job of controlling the pace of play. I would yeah. say to, toward to that point in time, especially in the second and the third period. But once that that goal went in, Tampa Bay wasn't going to be able to uh, to stage the comeback. I yeah, just I just watched I, the replay, Drew. Sorry, Ehlers does tap his stick. So okay. clearly, like Nemest, I don't know if Nemestnikov hears it, but clearly he 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 saw Ehlers at at the exact time and decided to pass it to him as a, as opposed to to putting the puck on net because he easily could have done it. I mean, he was right there. So just again, I mean, you know, the second line was excellent tonight. Yeah, look at the Jets again. They, th- this was the if you look at the upcoming schedule, this was mm-hmm. the the hardest of the games. I mean, with all I mean, Arizona maybe you can you can argue Arizona, uh, but well, you know th- it's it's not it's not a taxing schedule moving forward for the next uh, for the next couple of weeks. Really, the entire month of of January is not that taxing. Uh, you have you know teams like the Leafs at the end of the month, right? You have the back Leafs at the end of the month, back to yeah. back. The that last week of January, or the second last week of January, where you have Boston and Toronto, and then Toronto. That's the the hardest stretch. But I mean, you got Ottawa and Chicago and Columbus and yeah. Anaheim and, and and San Jose, and those these are, are all teams. Th- these are all non playoff teams. That's my point. Exactly right. And you got the Flyers at home. They're a surprising team, and the Islanders at home. Look, yeah. the, there's no reason for the Jets to not have another very good uh, month of of January and getting off to the good start tonight. And then, mm-hmm. of course, they get the fourth goal of the game. Uh, it's you know we don't usually spend a lot of time breaking down empty net goals, but you have to love the unselfish and smart play by Dominic Toninato who mm-hmm. you know draws yep. a couple of defenders towards him and just chips it over to Morgan Barron and or Morgan Barron with a very nice I think it was off his backhand backhand flip into the empty net and this is just yeah. after Vasilevsky uh had been pulled so Vasilevsky hadn't been on the bench for long whatsoever this comes mm-hmm. with two minutes and seven seconds to go and then it's 4-1 at that point in time and you uh certainly know that the Jets are going to wrap up the victory even if Tampa Bay did get that second goal coming on the power play uh, with uh, four with 37 seconds to go. Well, and, and a credit to Vlad Domestikov, who gets the mm-hmm. puck, you know, in, in, in a danger zone for the Winnipeg Jets, retrieves it, and then very casually turns and flips it out of the end. And, you know, then you've got to give Dominic Toninato credit for making that play over to Morgan Barron. And look, these guys, you're right, Drew. We don't often break down empty net goals, but it's an important goal, right? It just, it's a further but it's dagger. it's a fourth line goal we do, Dave. Yeah, it's that's a good point, Ez. But also the fact of the matter is that like the Jets don't give up more than three. Oftentimes they don't give up more than two. I think, what is that? Like now, is that 10 straight games only giving up two goals or less? So, I mean, like the Jets often don't give up more than two. We know they don't give up more than three, as Drew touched on to start this show two months ago uh, today. So, I mean, the fact is that when he gets that fourth goal, it's good night, you know, Irene. And I don't know who Irene is, but uh, say good night to her because the Jets aren't giving up any more goals. Well, enough goals to give up that lead. So, wasn't that a Sam Roberts song, by the way? Sorry, that was a tangent, but wasn't there a good night Irene or something song by Sam Roberts band? 
have to look up look that up. That's not my genre. So I, I'm not as I research to... Pokemon, I'll look that up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you can, you're looking up Pokemon, Sam Roberts songs, and Dave's listening to EDM at the same time. Yes. Yes. So, so know, although although I will say, and I stand by this because he yeah. scored tonight, Alex Ifello's "Poison" is the best gold song, bar none. There you go. People are saying it was Goodnight Eileen, as he, I think. Not Irene, but maybe Goodnight Eileen. But uh, I'll let other people uh, look into that for us as we talk about the Jets. 4-2 ultimately is the final score tonight. Another victory for this Winnipeg Jets team before they head out on the road to play three in a row Thursday, Friday, and Sunday in uh, two of those in California and one which will practically be a home game in front of all the Winnipeggers that uh, summer or winter in uh, the uh, in the Tempe, Scottsdale, Phoenix area, I'm sure. Drew, you're, you're, be... Drew, you're getting a lot of uh, hate right now in the chat. For what? Eileen. Come on, Eileen. Come on, Drew. Oh, well, I thought we were but talking about Sam Roberts. But folks in the chat have well, to you know said that good Drew... night, Irene, Dave. That's yeah. what you said. Well, I no, but I said good night, Irene. It had nothing to do with Eileen. The point is that folks have to understand that Drew was born in 1926. So that's not really his genre either. <laughs> I like big band though. Big band and swing were were, were really popular. Uh, once they added electricity to guitars, my mind was blown when that when that finally happened. That was a big uh, milestone <laughs> for me. Uh, good night, Irene was originally um, written by Gussie Lord Davis in 1886. Oh, that was Drew's second birthday. <laughs> That was, that was my bar mitzvah song, actually. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 4-2 Jets win. When we come back on the other side of these commercial messages, we'll talk about uh, Cole Perfetti's comments earlier today with regard to what Ryan Hartman did on Sunday in Minnesota. That is certainly going to be a very interesting rematch coming up on February the 20th between the Jets and the Minnesota Wild. Don't go anywhere. Tough Duck, hardest hitting comments as well and uh, whatever is interesting that catches my eye from the Jets dressing room as well Tuesday night Jets win 4-2 Drew Mandel, Dave Manuk, Ezra Ginsburg with you smash the like button if you haven't already done so don't go anywhere it's the Illegal Curve post game show your co-workers love you because you always make them laugh you're the life of the party with stories that have them rolling on the floor or maybe you're just the quiet one in the corner with the one-liners that just slay do you have what it takes to become winnipeg's funniest person with a day job try your luck hit the stage at rumors comedy club and you could be walking away with one thousand dollars cash winnipeg's funniest person with a day job presented by rumors for all the details head to rumorscomedyclub.com so you're a pizza person, you married a wing person, but somehow your kids are salad people. You can't pick your fam, but you can pick your BP meal deal. Starting from $18.99 for takeout or delivery at bostonpizza.com. The game can change just like that. Accidents happen when you aren't protected. So now what? Getting to your injury quickly can make all the difference. Help prevent them from being game changers with Linden Market Dental Center. Bonding, crowns, bridges, and dental implants. State-of-the-art treatments are available to help you get back in the game. To learn more, visit LindenMarketDentalCenter.com. Creating smiles for life. Whoa, Ezzy. Everything okay? You look stressed. Of course I'm stressed. We're moving the house is upside down, the kids failed miserably at packing the fine china, and my life is in chaos. Chaos! Yes, that does sound like a problem. What am I going to do? Ezzy, relax. Rolly's transfer moving and storage is the answer. 
With 60 years of experience in moving Manitobans and a track record of exemplary customer service, one call to Rollies and your stress is gone. No job is too big or too small. Just visit Rollies.com and they will take it from there. Thanks, Dave. And thank you, Rollies Transfer Moving and Storage, online at Rollies.com. Boston Pizza harnessed Betalytics to test if the game is better at home or at Boston Pizza. The results are irrefutable. Catch the game at Boston Pizza, powered by Fatalytics. For three generations and over 80 years, Tough Duck has been making apparel that works and plays as hard as the people who wear it. From jackets to work boots and everything in between, Tough Duck's clothing can handle the harshest environments, even the illegal curve hockey show. Work to live, live to play. Visit Duck. All righty, a couple minutes before the bottom of the hour. It is Tuesday night. Drew Mandel, Dave Manuka, Ezra Ginsburg with you. Let's go through a couple programming notes. So on sure. Thursday, we're going to do the post-game show. That'll be after the Jets and I honestly don't know if they played Sharks. Them. Sharks or the Ducks first. Okay, it's the Sharks. It doesn't oh. matter. No, no, no. It's the no, it's the Ducks. No, it's the Sharks. Isn't that the 930 game the start though? Yeah, the Thursday game is 9.30. I thought, oh. you know, I'll be honest, I thought that the Thursday game was the 9 o'clock and Friday was 9.30, but okay. the other way around. So sure. Thursday against the San Jose Sharks, which means that post game will be Friday morning at about 12.15 a.m. So be sure to join us back here. Drink your coffee, take a nap, whatever it's going to take for you to join us back here for the post game show in the wee hours of Friday morning. And then again, later on that same night, Friday night, right about 11.45, 5 p.m. Central Time. We'll do the post game after the Jets and the Anaheim Ducks. And then Saturday morning, 9 a.m., it will be the Illegal Curve Hockey Show. So a very busy Thursday, Friday, Saturday uh, for the three of us, which means it's very busy for all of you because you are obligated legally, whether or not you know this, to join <laughs> us for each and every one of those shows. Uh, so thank you for all of your uh, legal commitment to that. And uh, too bad your lawyer says you cannot uh, be consulted about changing that rule uh here's uh courtesy of our friend mike mcintyre here's what rick bonus had to say uh, in addition to making fun of murat's haircut uh tonight wasn't oh. picasso by any stretch early in the game but when we got our legs going and started to play winnipeg jets hockey when we get committed to that there's not a team in this league we cannot beat uh, continuing on, talking about the Jets having now gone 26 straight games of allowing three goals or less. Quote, listen, the guys have all bought in from day one. That's what it is. It's just a complete buy-in from everybody. As you can see, the good feelings were existing for the Winnipeg Jets and, of course, their head coach, Rick Bonus, in uh, making fun of our good friend Murat uh, and his haircut, which I haven't seen. Dave, did you see the haircut? Was there? Do you have any yeah. insight? You can no, he got a haircut. He chopped it off. It, it was a, looking good. I, I, I'm, not a fresh cut. I'm not in a position where I can talk about other people's hair because, uh, you know, stay in my lane and you know, okay. Team Baldo. But uh, if you can give some insight, Andrew, into you just choose style. choose to shave it off. Yeah, yeah, that's right. We'll just go with that and pretend that it doesn't grow. Like speaking of Seinfeld, like I would grow a very well, a very good Costanza esque style haircut. True. If, uh, if it makes you feel better, I've been noticing Big Daddy's been getting a little more uh, bald hair up top there. Oh boy! Uh, you know the forehead's growing. Your forehead's growing as is, is sort of what it looks like. It's growing backwards there, Big Big. Daddy. I, I'll say this: I thought Murat's hair was good. I mean, they they went with the barber reference, but. Yeah. Uh, 
to me it was almost like a little more low flow like mm. the the shower uh, episode but you know I, I i look if rick bonus is making that that post game reference and and again we're going to listen to that chat just as soon as this show ends not a moment before it is available on our youtube channel um you know kudos to rick bonus because that's uh, we can always appreciate a little a little seinfeldian humor but i thought yeah. Murat's hair looked good it was a little different you know but uh again i agree with drew i'm not I'm, i wear a hat 90 percent of the time so i'm not one to talk about other people's hair okay people have go. asked me before why does dave always wear a hat and my answer is always the same thing he just likes wearing a hat I yeah mean, what else is there to say <laughs> That's a good answer. That's 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 a very good I've known Dave for twenty plus years. He's always been wearing like he just. That, Are there that, really a lot more of people asking that, you that question? I mean, you just like wearing hats. He's got an extensive hat collection. True. Although I only wear this one. He just likes to wear hats. Are, are there are there really a lot of people asking you that? I get actually asked that by yeah. I well maybe not so much lately. I mean, I don't go out as much as I used to, but right. Yeah, people would ask. Uh, more so now that we're streaming as opposed to radio. But even when we were on radio, we would take pictures of us in the studio and everything. That and Dave would almost always be wearing a hat. Okay. Let's move on to the Cole Perfetti, Ooh. Ryan Hartman situation yes. uh, nice. from earlier today. So, Dave, you were there. You were in the scrum. I was. My uh, eyes lit up like... Uh, like, like yeah, yeah. It's the first time ever. It's the first time ever, Drew, we've, we've never cared about what Rick Bonus had to say uh, after a morning media availability. Dave uh, immediately could hit, feel the hits that were coming to illegalcurve.com to pick up on like, that bring audio. It. Bring it. <laughs> uh, so Cole Perfetti saying that Ryan Hartman and Mike'd up, and it'll be, I think, on the 16th of January yeah. is what the Jets said, that you'll be able to hear that audio. Uh, so that's coming up in two weeks' time, that Ryan Hartman admitted that he high-sticked uh, Cole Perfetti on purpose yeah. uh, as retribution for Brendan Dillon's cross-checks on uh, on uh, who's my Kirill Kaprizov. Thank you, Kirill Kaprizov. That put Kaprizov out of the lineup. Um, and the fact it's on audio and uh, uh, Hartman was fined four grand for it earlier today. Uh, mm-hmm. It's worth Hartman noting. knew he was mic'd up though, right? But it's worth noting that it's, it, yeah, it, I would say it if he knew he was mic'd up. For the record, as they do have a, it, it is on the board. So before mm. the game, they do see who is mic'd up and who isn't. That's what I'm saying, right? Like, let, let's be honest. Ryan Hartman isn't a road scholar. Um, he's one of the, how many times has he been seven. suspended three times and fine oh, seven. seven suspended Sorry, yeah. three times, yeah. right. And fine seven. Yeah. So again, like, you know, sorry to cut you off drew. Cause I know you want to continue, but like, no, you're fine. Just why, what, what was he? What an idiot. I'm because, sorry. But he, What's he, he, what is he do? Heist. First off, why are you high sticking Cole Perfetti when he had nothing to do with the Brendan Dillon? Sorry. We, we haven't all been together in about 16 or 17 days. I'm going to go off here. Ryan Hartman is classless. He is a classless hockey player, and to high stick Cole per- Perfetti on purpose and then admit it to Cole Perfetti, <laughs> you could first off, he could have injured Cole Perfetti worse. He could yep. have taken his eye out. That could have been a much more serious injury. But and especially Perfetti's a second year player, and you're picking on the Cole smallest Perfetti, guy too, as he like just classless. You are class. I don't care if Ryan Hartman. I'm obviously he probably doesn't listen to the post game show. <laughs> but you are a classless hockey player, and you should have been suspended for that garbage. That's garbage. So That's what that is. Go ahead. I was going to say it's worth noting yeah. that 
you know, the NHL, because of the agreement with the NHLPA that allows players to be mic'd up, uh, cannot use that audio in consideration right. of any additional supplemental discipline. Right. So that can't be a factor, even if the NHL does know what Ryan Hartman said. Um, right. but, you know, what I liked about it is that two things. One, Perfetti just took it in stride. Like mm-hmm. in the course of the game, he just said, okay, you know, that's fine. I'll go get my stitches and I'll come back. And he didn't say anything about it on the bench because when asked about it earlier today, Rick Bonus mm-hmm. said, had we known that, it would yeah. have been dealt with. Uh, and you can read between the lines there. You don't have to read too closely. Right. That means it would have been dealt with with swift on ice justice and fisticuffs. Yeah, and, and you know, credit Cole Perfetti. First of all, I, like just to disabuse folks of this notion, not yeah. folks in this chat, I suspect, but but others. Like, and I put this out there not because I need to be a public defender of Cole Perfetti, but I thought it was uh, worth what, it. You and Mike, um, you and Mike McIntyre have a bit of a bromance going on today. Twice uh, he he approved of your tweets and quote tweeted them uh, oh. to provide additional analysis. I mean, Drew, when you're hot, you're hot. But the fact <laughs> of the matter is that. Uh, you know, Cole Perfetti didn't come into this media scrum with us today and say, oh, by the way, guys, I was mic'd up. Let me tell you what he said. Yeah. He was asked the direct question, were you mic'd up? Which is public information. I mean, the Jets put it on the on the board, so you know yeah. that. So I, it was weird because people are like, he's a snitch. I'm like, how's he a snitch? He he literally was asked a direct question, were you mic'd up? He answered, and then he just, he went into it. So I thought that was unusual. And, and the fact of the matter is also like, so explain this to me. Dylan fights Middleton. So Dylan does does the does the deed, which again you can you can have a whole conversation about the cross check. I mean, to me, it's a two minute penalty. Uh, yep. That's the extent of it. But Dylan does the deed on Kaprizov. He's hurt based on unfortunately the way way it hit him. Okay, so Middleton's not happy. Makes Dylan the guy who committed the infraction answer the bell. Yeah, Pat Maroon and Adam Lowry have a conversation two seconds or just before the game starts two seconds in they drop it you could see it was like almost half-hearted by Patrick Maroon he didn't really once Lowry got up it was kind of like okay this is done and it was interesting because Rick Bonus said that should have been the end of it well clearly it wasn't the end of it because then Ryan Hartman does what he does to Cole Perfetti mm-hmm. and again he admits it admits it on tape and yeah i mean it'll be interesting to see that that runway episode on january 16th that the jets actually release for the first time the ever audio. with all with all due respect to our friends at the at the at the jets organization runway will be must see tv well it, it'll definitely be must see on january 16th but and 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 just to quickly just jump ahead before we finish before i finish my thought but like I don't think that, you know, a lot of the guys, a lot of the outsiders from or insiders who are from the outside, yeah. like Merrick and those guys, February 20th is going to be much watch. I, I think the NHL is going to put a very strong kibosh on any shenanigans. I think they're going to tell the teams they'll be fined if there's stupidity. I think guys will be known, will get an alert that they're going to be suspended if they're just doing things, you know, brazenly. So I anticipate that February 20th game might not be as you know, fireworky as it and as people anticipate. The April right. 6th one, if you're the Jets, you got to hope that they're comfortably in a position wherever they are. They can just rest their guys, bring up the moose, because you don't want to have a situation late in the season. Minnesota's got nothing, and they do something stupid. But just to quickly go back to Hartman, yeah, I mean, I'm with Ezzy. I mean, it's a stupid play on a guy who is literally the smallest guy on the team. And Hartman's not the biggest guy either. How but, is that? And also, Dave, sorry, how is that retribution? That's just stupidity. That's yeah. But that's you're, you're but not. That's you're how not the wild proving. have to play. Well, yeah, but you know, score a goal, fight somebody. Like Dave said, like Dylan. I I was in Mexico, obviously not. You know, sorry, I'm not humble bragging here. I just didn't. <laughs> I didn't watch. I didn't watch. Yeah, the, but you the flew game. down on a private jet. That's the humble. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Fast air all the way. No, but I mean, I don't. 
understand, like, maybe I'm overthinking this. I just think doing that to a player like Hope Perfetti, who had nothing to do with the Brendan Dillon Kaprizov situation, as we talked about, I just think is so cowardly. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. Cole Perfetti does deserve a lot of credit for not even mentioning it. Maybe yeah. he didn't even think it was worth mentioning because I do think someone would have probably Adam Lowry, maybe mm-hmm. Brendan Dillon might've done it, but someone would have done, you know, probably, you know, chased him and got him to fight. Uh, Ryan Hartman. That is, I just yeah. think it's everything about it is cowardly. Uh, and you know, the wild, I think, you know, they lost those games. So people were saying that was, you know, retribution enough. Um, I just think again, NHL department of player safety, when someone intentionally high sticks a player, you have to do better than just a fine. He's got to be suspended for at least a game, if not two or three for that one. Well, you know, we talked about why they couldn't use the audio, you know, in, yeah. in their consideration. And look, we talked about it at the beginning of the this this program. The Minnesota Wild, you know, succeed by playing bully ball. And when the Jets were not bullied by them, and in fact were the bully instead, mm-hmm. that uh, you know that tells you all you need to know about about the 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 Jets and where they're at right now. That they went up against a team that can only really be goon like. I'll use that G word there, and I don't think yeah. that they're goons by and large, but that they definitely play with a very physical edge to their game, and the Jets don't blink an eye about that, and they go in there, and I mean, and, and, and you know, not only do they, do they, you know, punch them in the face, they also punch them on the scoreboard as well, and Cole Perfetti, you know, they said, basically, look, the, the getting the two points and getting the win in Minnesota, uh, mm-hmm. sweeping the series, that's, uh, that's retribution enough. Yeah, I mean, look, I think the other thing that we probably should mention is the fact, while Drew has a you know a, a little bit of a cough attack, is the fact that you know credit Cole Perfetti for not saying anything, right? Because he could have changed the whole tenor of that hockey game if he runs his mouth in the in the intermission and says, "Oh yeah, Hartman told me." And we don't know exactly when it was because it was after he got stitched up. I'm not entirely certain when because he didn't reveal that uh, when the nugget was dropped by by Hartman. I suspect on January 16th we'll find out. But the fact of the matter is. He, he, you know, he could have changed the whole look of that game. And, you know, Huss made an interesting point because on the game winning goal by Dominic Toninato, Hartman was out there and made a mistake. So it's just interesting to see what would have, you know, it could have changed everything. Instead, the Jets win it. And it's, look, it's more important to win the game. At the end of the day, you need, you got four points. Colorado and Dallas, even though they weren't, they, I think they both lost tonight or Colorado no, was Avalanche losing. won an overtime. Avalanche won an overtime. Oh, did they? Okay. So yeah. Avalanche ended up winning. So they it was come they, from behind though, Dave, they were down. So yeah. Yeah. So the Avalanche come back. So they're in first still the Jets leapfrog Dallas or, or move ahead of Dallas since they were tied. And again, the other teams are, are, are staying, maintaining that pace. The Arizona's in the Nashville's, although I think Nashville, did they lose today, Drew, or did they win? They're playing Chicago. You're muted, Drew. No, sorry, I'm choking to death here. Nashville, my voice is finally going. It's been yeah. on the verge of going this whole time. Sure. Uh, Nashville won 3 nothing against Chicago okay. tonight. Okay, not a surprise. But Apparently, anyway, by so... the way, Ryan Hartman did something stupid against Calgary tonight. Well, I saw that in the chat. Uh, somebody, one of our chatters. I don't know what it was, that. though, Drew, but apparently he did something that you know fans are talking about. Yeah, I didn't see what it is. So if somebody can shed some light on that, then... Uh... Look, when you, you know, that's just how he has, that's how they're playing right now. And that's, you know, you know, he's becoming public enemy number one uh, in more than just one city. Uh, yeah. Whether or not that's going to translate on the ice into success. That's well, they lost. So. They lost again. Yeah, <laughs> They lost to the Flames. So uh, yeah. not exactly a, a ringing endorsement right now. Of, and, I mean, and, again, 
they came, sorry, as I was just going to say quick, they yeah. came in hot four straight wins. Now they've lost three in a row. And again, it was always a question of, if you looked at a team, that was a lot of Iowa wild level of talent. You lose Gustafson in that you lose, uh, like they got Zane McIntyre who hasn't played since like 17, 18, I don't think, or 18, 19, um, as the backup right now to the flower. And, you know, he's chasing Patty Roy's, uh, wins total right now. He's looking for it to yeah. tie it. But I'm just saying, like, if you look at a lot of the guys, it looks like they're the Iowa Wild. So, I mean, that that served Nashville well last year. But right now, I mean, John Hines' team is in a bit of a free fall, especially without Kapriel Kaprizov. But yeah. to answer what Spencey would say. They're not this? making the playoffs. What year. is this, wild lunch? <laughs> <laughs> uh, looks like he slashed and punched some guys. So uh, you can probably find the uh, the video of that uh, und- undoubtedly to see what he's been up to in tonight's loss uh, in Calgary. On home ice, though. Pardon me, not in Calgary. They're Oy. back in St. Paul. They lost 3-1 uh, tonight. The Jets uh, broke the wild. The Jets broke the wild. There you go. Jets victorious tonight, 4-2. We'll wrap up the post-game show like we do each. Uh, I guess we won't necessarily wrap it up because Dave's going to have to do a Manuk Moose Minute as well. So oh. why don't we uh, do – what do you want to do first? The Manuk Moose Minute no. or the Tough Duck hardest hitting comment? Tough Duck. Tough Duck. Okay, we'll do Tough Duck and then we'll do the Moose and then we'll wrap the post-game show. The Tough Duck hardest hitting comment. Big thanks to our friends at Tough Duck for their continued support of the Illegal Curve Hockey Show and the Illegal Curve Post Game Show. When there's more than 500 of you watching, as there has been at various points in time in tonight's post game show, that means there are going to be many a quality comment. Mr. Ginsburg, do you have a winner? Two quality comments, Dave? Is that oh, you should pick? You should pick two because Brendan, sorry, I to cut you off and steal your thunder, but Brendan has already won, so he was going to give up his two. So. If you want to give two, you can give two tonight. Okay. Yeah, I okay. can give two. Hey, the, I mean, boys, it's the first show of 2024. <laughs> We're feeling generous here. I can give away two. The first comment I was going to give for the Tough Duck Hardest Hitting comment, lots of great comments. As Drew mentioned, we had over, I think we had up to like 520 people watching live. We're around 450, uh, I can see here in the, the back end of StreamYard. We're going to give the first Tough Duck Hardest Hitting comment to Craig Zamzow. Craig's a uh, big friend of Illegal Curve. Nice to see the solid fourth line out to hold leads late instead of first line. Small things to reward the grinders who will block a shot and win a board battle. We talked about Morgan Barron's empty net goal, very unselfish pass from Dom Toninato, and obviously great work uh, by Morgan Barron um, on the first Jets goal by Neil Pionk, who we talked about it. Obviously, Brendan Dillon, Neil Pionk, nice pass from Dillon, but Morgan Barron covers for Neil Pionk, right? He's right Dave Baron mm-hmm. sees that yep. you know, Neil Pionk's going to the slot so he covers for him so I love that comment love the goal from Neil Pionk it was obviously the tie-in goal at the time so Craig send me an email Ezra at illegalcurve.com or you can slide into my dms on x slash twitter at icseg send me your mailing address we sent some uh, tough duck toques out to folks today because it was my first day back at work first day back in action here so Craig's going to get himself a tough duck toque. It is getting colder soon, boys. It's been very mild lately. Yeah, but it's mm-hmm. supposed to get much colder this weekend. So you're going to need that tough duck toque. And here, I'm just going to go through the starred comments that we have here. We're able to star comments in the in the back. I'm <laughs> Technology gonna... is mind-blowing. The the things we're able to do in the back end. Well, it, this, no, it's uh... handy for the tough duck hardest-hitting it comment. It is handy for the high, because tough duck, yeah. We have lots of good comments. So we're going to give the second one. To Phil Smithson, also a very good friend of Illegal Curve, longtime listener slash watcher. Biggest difference compared to other seasons, especially the last two months, 
We talked about the Jets have not allowed more than three goals in the last couple months. Jets are winning close games. They hold the lead and put the other teams down. And that's really, you know, I would say, in addition to the forward depth and the improved team defense, that's the biggest difference here. The Jets are, um, you know, they're winning a lot of close games. They were losing a lot of those close games last year. If you remember how many times the Jets lost in, in the shootout or overtime, the Jets have been excellent against the Central, excellent against the Eastern Conference. So, Phil, send me an email, same email address, obviously, Ezra at IllegalCurve.com, or uh, hook up with me on uh, Twitter slash X with your mailing info, and we will get that Tough Duck toque out to you as well. So congrats to Phil and Craig. There you go. Congratulations to both of the winners and all the great comments that we had on tonight's post-game show. If you didn't get a chance to win tonight, your next opportunity comes, of course, on Thursday night following the Jets and the San Jose Sharks, which will technically be Friday morning right around 12.15 in the morning uh, for post-game later on this week. So be sure to get those comments uh, primed and into the chat and you may win another Tough Duck Took. We'll wrap it tonight with like we always do the manuk moose minute put on your antlers it's time for the manuk moose minute on the illegal curve hockey show well the moose and the new year's eve afternoon game is a staple of uh, winnipeg and and the moose up until last year when abbotsford stopped them they were on a run of nine straight wins in the New Year's Eve afternoon game. But that came to an end last, like I said, last year in Abbotsford or against Abbotsford, sorry. And they were hoping in front of a sold out crowd with fireworks promised that they were going to be able to deliver another win and get back on the good pace. Now, I, as folks know, because I was here doing the show, I of course missed the first period. I had Winnipeg Joe and a few others giving me updates. And of course I was getting updates from the app. But uh, the only thing to report from that first period that I know is that Brad Lambert scored his team leading the 22nd, 2022 first rounder of the Jets. The other sec- first rounder, I should say, don't want to cut off Rucker McGordy as he, but uh, Brad Lambert scores his 11th goal of the season. That's his team leading 11th goal. A uh, nice little, uh, you know, slapper on the power play, a little finish flash, uh, if you will, boys. And uh, it was one all because Texas had started the game with the lead. There was no scoring in the second. I got there pretty much at the midpoint. And then all the way from Flynn Flon, Manitoba, as Ashton Sautner scores just actually a beautiful snipe. Good pass by Jeff Mallott with, uh, at the 11.43 mark of the third period. That's his fifth goal, which is a career high for the veteran from, well, born in Flynn Flon. He was not raised in Flynn Flon, but he was born in Flynn Flon. So uh, we, anytime you were born in Flynn Flon, we mention it. We mentioned that John Ginsburg was born in Flynn Flon. And well, has- and we also mentioned when Craig Button presents Dennis Bay well, we're yeah, going to talk about with that gonna... beautiful Flynn Flon Bombers jersey yeah which uh I mean and also you know Craig was teary-eyed uh yeah we'll get to Dennis yeah we'll talk second. about Dennis after I mean we're gonna sure. we'll, we'll we'll hopefully be getting Dennis on the Saturday show I'm not sure if it'll work out this weekend uh but you know in the future but yes yeah always nice when you mention the Flynn Flon Bombers there you go and then the uh aforementioned Brad Lambert he takes a uh ill-advised penalty so with the uh, 18-18 to go, Logan Stankovin, the uh, rookie for the Stars, very good leading, one of the leading scorers. I think he's in second right now behind Maverick Bork. He scores to tie the game to all. And you're like, okay, well, it's going to go to overtime. I will say, and I should mention, because this is important, 7,639 were in the crowd. Ashton Sautner's goal won all those folks free pancakes. So folks were quite pleased 
with the way the state of the game because in Manitoba we love everything for free. So uh, folks were happy with their free pancakes, and uh, it was they weren't happy with the fact that it was a two-all game. And then disaster strikes about 37 seconds later. The Moose a little bit on edge, and Alex Petrovic, the big bruising defenseman who actually actually took out our guest Wyatt Bongiovanni on Saturday. He took him out with a pretty hard boarding, no call. Uh, because the Moose were up 2-1 at that point, a little game management from the from the officiating, I thought, because it was a pretty clear board. Uh, but he gets the goal. He beats Oscar Salmon, who I believe was like 5-0 and against Texas. And the Moose, despite what they tried, you know, weren't able to, uh, you know, knot it up. So the game ended with the Stars, who are the best team in the Central. They take it 3-2, and the Moose uh, gets swept over the weekend. So not, not the best uh, ending to that game boys, but uh, the one thing that did folks did get was indoor fireworks, uh, which I've never seen before. It was a little unusual, but uh, yeah, we saw some indoor fireworks and 7,000 plus uh, seemed to enjoy it. As long as they get pancakes and fireworks, that's a good combination. I'm I'm curious how that works. Cause I obviously was not at that game. Like, yeah. Can you describe how you do indo- indoor fireworks? Thank you for asking that question, Ezzy. I can describe how that happens. I, uh, no, I'm I, serious. I, I'm curious. Sure spare time, Dave's a pyrotechnics expert. I, well, I'm a pyro, but I, I spent a little time with our friends at Archangel Fireworks, and I uh, asked them what was going on, though. But I was reliably informed that they had um, dangling from the rafters some fireworks, so those would go off. Oh, so they actually shot them down. Well, they those ones just kind of exploded in not yeah. a significant portion. Oh, right. And yeah. then they had two kind of like fireboxes or fireworks boxes, I guess I should say, uh, around center ice. And those kind of periodically shot uh, fireworks off. So it was, uh, it was a little... That drones, drones are used a lot now in fireworks, honestly. Like that is forks. true. Yeah. I've heard that. Um, but aside from that, well, don't really know a lot about fireworks. And I'm just going to throw up Dan Jets fans' comment here because some of those firework booms were deafening. The funny part was, I think they were expecting to do a countdown. And before they even began the countdown... The firework went off, and it wasn't like a little one. It was like a boom. So, like, I jumped out of my chair. Everybody was a little caught off guard by that. So, all in all, it was a lot of fun. And uh, like I said, the the 7,000-plus in the crowd had a good time. So, uh, the Moose are playing Belleville next weekend. We'll have, I think, sets of tickets to go uh, to the Senators game to see the Jets of tomorrow. Well, not today, but next weekend. So, uh, we'll we'll give those away on Thursday and Friday. And, Dave, if I can mention – sorry, Drew, go ahead. I was just going to say, then you have to stay up late Thursday, Friday in order to get your chance to win tickets to see the Moose on the weekend. And and uh, as you guys know, I work at Hockey Manitoba. I do the communications for Hockey Manitoba. I want to mention, too, that that is a minor hockey weekend. There you so go. There's going to be a lot of uh, minor hockey teams from across Manitoba uh, in attendance. So uh, got to get that in there for uh, Hockey Manitoba. So it's going to be uh, some exciting Moose hockey this weekend for sure. There you go. It's going to be exciting all around. We're next in action on Thursday following the Jets and the San Jose Sharks. It'll be a late one, 12.15 a.m. Eastern, pardon me, 12.15 a.m. Central Time, (laughs) technically Friday morning. I don't even know where the hell I am anymore. My voice is going. So we'll say that's it for tonight's uh, Legal Curve post. No, Drew. You got to mention Dennis. Dennis. He was, it was his last uh, broadcast. He's retiring. Uh, He did the world juniors as he's been doing for so many years and TSN, I'll give them credit. uh, Very classy tribute to him, presenting him with that Flin Flon Bombers Jersey. Our friend Craig Button presented it to Dennis on the broadcast. Uh, And, 
look, Dennis has been a, he's a top shelf broadcaster and he's an even better human being. And from day one, even he didn't need to necessarily treat us with the respect and regard that he did because who the hell are we? But that's just the kind of guy that he is. And he deserves all the accolades that have been coming his way all day today from all spectrums of the hockey world. And we will echo that as well in saying thank you to Dennis. Congratulations and a well-deserved retirement, but he can't get away from us that quickly. We'll again talk to him, hopefully coming up one day. I texted him already. And then he said, you know what his response was? How'd you get this number? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's why I figured he would have. Drew, I just want to say, uh, you know, and and this has been said many times before, but um, Dennis, as you mentioned, he's a, uh, an even better person than he is a broadcaster. He treats everyone exactly the same. He treats everyone with respect class humility doesn't matter if you're a professional hockey player or you're just a average jets fan the amount of people that dennis has has affected in a positive way i mean it's just endless so i mean a great broadcasting career um and i agree just an awesome send-off by the crew at tsn today Yes, indeed. Uh, Jets win 4-2 tonight. Oh, oh I don't get to find have a final little memory oh, of yeah, Dennis. Like, what's sorry. going on here? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Drew. I didn't what about the... when you had to pay Dennis's parking, Dave? Talk about that. <laughs> I forgot about that, actually. I gave Dennis my, my visa. That's true. Um, but actually, I forgot about that. That's good memory. See, that's one thing about Ezzy. He may, uh, he may sometimes have a spotty memory, but he remembers... I always, I Drew, I always remember when Dave pays for somebody else's parking. Because as you know, Dave never pays for parking. In fact... Grid park. We only use Grid Park. That's, That's right. right. Exactly. I was going to say, although we pay for that, but we just have to, you know, we get we get such a good deal. Those guys actually. Speaking of that, yeah, be a good. There's going to be a commercial being shot hopefully very soon that will be, uh, uh, you know, having yeah. you all in stitches and enjoying things again. We're but anyway, back uh, into the studio. I will just reiterate the point about Dennis because you know Dennis has been amazing to all of us and uh, he's always treated us with respect, whether it's coming on our shows or um you know just talking to us in the press box or at practices and like i said you know he, he just like i you know he's probably got a million things he texted me back within five minutes just to uh, you know um let me know that he appreciated that i had reached out to him so he's just a, he's just a good guy a salt of the earth pride of winnipegosis good manitoban and uh you know we'll, we'll miss hearing him on the call but we won't miss talking to him because we'll try and maintain a connection to him uh, as best we can. And hopefully with all of you on some of these shows. So I did try and get, I think I did I try and get it for the summer. And then I said, I think I said, maybe we'll try a little later. So we'll, we'll try and get Dennis on one of these shows sometime because uh, you know, he's always great to talk and, and share memories. The guy spent, you know, 10 years in the, in the, in the city with the organization. And so we'll be, a, it'll be a lot of fun to catch up with Dennis. Very well said by both of you fine gentlemen. Uh, that's it for tonight in the postgame show, the Illegal Curve postgame show. Jets win 4-2 over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Want to say a big thank you to all the sponsors of Illegal Curve who make the postgame show, the Saturday show, the website, a possibility. That's our friends at Rumors Restaurant and Comedy Club celebrating 40 years as Canada's top comedy club. It was 40 years ago, 1984, that Rumors opened their doors to and brought comedy to the city of Winnipeg. So congratulations to our friends at Rumors. They're going to have big celebrations all year long for their 40th birthday. Our friends at Linden Market Dental Center, Zapia Group Realty, Betway, they're the title sponsor of this post-game show. Farmery Beer, that's where you get a legal curve lager. You can get it at their number two Donald Street location, or you can also order it through any of the uh, delivery services that bring you food and beverage and whatever else you might need in AP. 
inch. Uh, Tough Duck, they're the title sponsor of the Tough Duck Hardest Hitting Comment. Boston Pizza, we're going to be live at Boston Pizza again coming up soon. Details to come. Stay tuned for that. Uh, Seagram's, they do the shot of the game. It was that great photo by Alex James. You can find that on our Instagram. And, of course, our friends at Rolly's Transfer. Thank you to all of these great businesses for their continued support of Illegal Curve Hockey. We're next in action Thursday night slash Friday morning after the Jets and the San Jose Sharks, so you can stay tuned for that one. In the meantime, IllegalCurve.com has all your latest Winnipeg Jets news and audio and Moose news and audio. And, of course, if you missed any of the show, the instant replay is on the YouTube channel. Podcast will be available shortly. Smash the like button. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Leave us feedback here, there, and everywhere. We want to know and want to hear from you about this program. For Dave Manouk, for Ezra Ginsberg, we reiterate Happy New Year to everybody. We'll see you again Thursday night slash Friday morning. Until then, we say good night and good luck, and thanks for watching the Illegal Curve post-game show. Thanks for listening to this broadcast from Illegal Curve Hockey. For more great Illegal Curve content, subscribe to the Illegal Curve YouTube channel, follow at Illegal Curve on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit your online home for hockey in Winnipeg, IllegalCurve.com.